0: Good morning. Hang on one second. That was a centrifugal force right there. I just wanted to demonstrate. All right, here we go. How's everybody doing? Good seeing everybody. Happy summer. I hope uh, it is hot. It is hot out there. well, I'm Jonathan, I'm one of the pastors here. If I've uh, never met you or if you've signed in online, uh, I would love for you to reach out to us, um, especially now as uh, COVID and all of that and, you know, if, if people are gravitating over into online uh, church a little bit for the time being, please, we, you know, we want this to stay connected and actually we're going to be chatting uh, this afternoon, the pastors uh, of just kind of trying to figure out. You know what? How do we? What do we? What do we need to do differently, or do we need to do something differently, or what, what's going to happen? So please be in prayer for that. Um, our objective is to glorify God. I mean, and, and whatever decision, whatever whatever avenue of our life that is, that's that's what we're called to do, right? Um, so, uh, so that's that's what I'd ask that you would be praying uh, for us and and for each other during during this time, and really for uh, for the. Our community and the world. Um, you know, I was thinking when, when Warner, when, when you said that there at the end about like a uh, global church, I've never thought this thought before, but I thought <laughs> like with time zones, like somebody is always worshiping God. I've never thought about that before. But I'm like, that's pretty cool, right? Like an hour later from us, like Central Time Zone starts worshiping. I mean, it depends on what time of the day, right? And then the West Coast or Mountain Time or West Coast. And, and you, you know what I mean? Like you cruise, maybe there's a gap in the uh, Pacific Ocean there for a little bit. I don't know. But I mean, that's kind of cool to think about that, right? Like, like God from God's perspective, the the gathering of his church is happening all the time, consistently. Um, so anyway, I don't know. Just a random thought. It has nothing to do with what I'm going to be preaching on this morning, but um, I'm sorry, this is still too low. Um, all right. So last week, where, what did we end on? We ended. We're in Galatians chapter five, verse sixteen this morning. The verses will be on the screen. Um, um, man, lots of faces that I haven't seen in a while. So hi, hi to all of you. Please don't leave here if I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, you know, I want to say hi and uh, see all of you. Hi, hi Joel. Um, Hallelujah! You look different. <laughs> um, cool. So, Galatians chapter five, verse sixteen. Um, last week we saw that that God freed us to serve, and that that the freedom that we thought we had is not really freedom. Like our freedom to go and do whatever pleases us is actually a bondage to the slavery that Christ set us free from. And so we saw Paul going, no, no, no you, you've misunderstood what real freedom is. And freedom is an escape from this bondage, um, and it's a freedom to serve others. And that's not like, just some like, I, churchy thing I have to say, right? Like, like it's faith into love, and that love translates into uh, not self-interest, but interest in others, right? Considering others above yourselves, re- reflecting Christ in this world. So here's the problem though. And this is what Paul's going to get into in verse 16 and then it's going to go on into chapter 6. Yeah. But I have a lot of different desires in my heart. And I think you guys do too. We all do. We have competing desires. What do you want to do? What do you want to do this afternoon? <laughs> what do you want to do in your life? What what is the greatest desire of your heart at different times? Now, okay, yeah, you're, you're like, well, Jesus is my greatest desire. You have to answer that, right? But really, practically, what's your what's your daily desire? And what motivates that desire? And what Paul's gonna do is he's, he's gonna he's gonna unwrap this thing and it's gonna it's gonna lay bare our hearts. And it's like, ugh. We have these competing desires that are. Gross, honestly, and we're turns out a pretty messed up bunch. This humanity we are, and so what Paul's going to do is he's going to go. What does this look like, and most importantly, how do we feel about these desires? What, what do we? What do we do with them? And I'll just spoiler right. Like at, by the end of today, what we're going to find, and this. This is comforting to some extent. The desires of your flesh are not in and of themselves rebellious and sinful. It's gratifying the desires of your flesh. You you were born with jacked-up desires, and there's nothing you can do about it (laughs) this side of heaven. But it's the gratification of those desires. It's the pursuit of those desires that God calls us to a different life. And so that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Let me start by praying. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to, to open up your word, to hear from you. And God, that's what we want. We, we want your words to pierce our hearts. Not my words, God. My words are, are flawed and, and inconsequential. We want you to speak directly into our hearts and change us from the inside out. We want... You to breathe new life into us. That's our prayer, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together like this and and worship you. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, Galatians 5, verse 16. If you have a Bible, you can open it up. I'll be reading from the ESV. It's on the uh, screens as well. Verse 16, Paul says... But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. All right, so right off the beginning, if you've if you got a Bible, circle that word gratify. He says, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh if what? You try really, really hard. It doesn't say that. I mean, if there is a really passive word, it's... Walk. You know, is it we just sing the song right, like, like that? That we're like, uh, and I don't even. I'm horrible with music. <laughs> I don't even know what the lyrics were. But it was like, you know, that we're that we're running, that we're that we're escaping. I ran out of the grave. That's what it was. I sang it. I promise, I sang it. But so it's like I ran out of the grave, right? Like Jesus has set us free. He's he's broken our chains, ripped off the yoke. We're free. We run out of the jail cell. Then what? Are we we still running because we're afraid that the jailer is going to hunt us down? I I I think the the word picture here is Paul going, "You, you can walk now. You're good. Jesus has you. You just walk by the Spirit. A cool, calm confidence that Christ has you. Let me just stop. Like, that's where he starts with us. Because we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of this, right? And Paul's going to look, open up stuff, and be like, "Eh, eh, I should be better. I should not be as bad. I should, right? He says, walk by the Spirit. Just walk, follow him. He's got you, he's already rescued you. He's broken the chains. You If you you trust in Christ, if you trust in what he's done, his death, burial, and resurrection, that that his new life is our new life, that he has given us his righteousness, and that 2,000 years ago when he physically left this earth, he left us with the Holy Spirit to preserve us, to encourage us, to counsel us, to remind us, to convict us of sin. If you trust in that, you can walk by the Spirit. So that's where, he, that's where he starts as we roll into this. And then verse 17, he sets up this, uh, this description of really our whole world. He says, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. And then look at this last line, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Wow. <laughs> he just calls it out, right? Listen, what keeps you from doing the things that you want to do? Not your willpower, not your strength, not your obedience to a law, not you filling out a checklist going, oh, I'm doing all the right things. The desires of the Spirit God put in you to keep you from doing the things you want to do. You see, this isn't like, this isn't, um, you know, this outward level. This isn't like a fix of the actions, right? Like, what, what he's talking about here is he goes deep into our hearts. This is a heart problem. And we have no ability to change our hearts, You have no ability to change your desires. My daughter, thank you, honey, just brought me licorice. Good and plenties. Love it. And don't even tell me I like red licorice. That's not licorice. Okay? That's red candy. Okay? Licorice. Real man's licorice. I I love it. I don't know. Like me and my mom. I think that's my grandma. And it's like an old person's candy too, I think. But if if you've never had it, I I have some afterwards. I'd be happy to share some with you. (laughs) There's probably, anyway. I like it. I'm not going to not like it. Like, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow. I'm not afraid that tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up and I don't like it anymore. I don't know. I guess maybe that could happen. (laughs) We have these desires, we have these things that we like. These things that pursue that we pursue in our lives. And what, what Paul says here is that God gives you his spirit. He puts new desires in your heart. Can you identify that in your life? When you could say, man, I don't know when I started desiring that is definitely a godly desire. I'd encourage you to think about it. Because that's what God is doing in your life. And maybe you just need to put your finger on it and go, man, I've never really thought of it like that. But that's what he does. This is how God conquers our sin nature. That's how he conquers the sin problem. And so what he says here is like, there's this battle inside of us. And here's what's amazing. He doesn't say that the desires of the flesh are going to go away. He doesn't say that you're going to become a Christian and you just don't sin anymore. And it's great. And you're just going to live your life now and you don't have to worry about it. Don't worry. You're walking by the Spirit because you, you forgot what sin is. That's, that's not what he says. You're going to constantly have this sin. And what is it going to do? The desires of the Spirit are going to battle with the desires of the of your flesh and I think we all have experienced this things i want to do the desires of the flesh usually self interest the things that are comfortable the things that are pleasurable the things that are fun the things that are that i unplug from the things that i can just focus on me honestly and maybe that involves people around you but it's still focused on you. And this is what we saw last week, right? Is that the freedom that we experience is a freedom to serve others, the freedom to put, like, actually to think and to care about what others feel, to serve others, to count others as more important than ourselves. There's a freedom in that. And and what he's saying is that's what you're going to see in the desires of the Spirit, Paul has this incredible, uh, he, he, he says this again in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. He says, "For I love this. He says, For I do not understand my own actions. I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Um, we are very... We don't, we don't look very far in front of our feet. We don't want to do the hard things. We, don't want, we want to do the things that are easy, the things that we want to do. But, but when we sit down and we're, we're in this context, we think these great thoughts, right? And we're like, yeah, I'm going to do this or I'm going to. I want to start doing that, right? And like these, these long range things where, like, really objectively, this is what I really want to do. I want to serve others. I want to love the way Christ loves. I want to do these different things. And, and I think we're all in that boat. It just comes down to like tomorrow morning. <laughs> and we're like, ah, well, but not today. <laughs> like tomorrow, maybe. You and see, and this, is, and this is what he's telling me. He's like, I don't understand it. Why don't. I do the things that I really, really actually want to do. And what he's pointing to is the desires of the Spirit in our lives. So while this battle rages inside of us, what we need to start doing is going, what's motivating my desire? Is it my flesh or is it the Spirit? It's the question we need to ask because we are really good at deceiving ourselves. We are really good at pointing to something as a desire of the flesh and shrouding it in some religion or putting some clothing on it and saying, This looks godly. It looks good. On the outside, it looks great. See, we have to question. We have to question what is the root? Where is our heart condition in this? And as we we start questioning these things and we start looking at it, we're like, what's motivating my desire here? What's my why? What's really my why? It gets ugly quick. It gets really ugly quick. I mean, from, from, from my perspective, it can get really ugly really quick if I just like people listening to me right? I mean, that's something I, that's something I battle with, because that's the, a desire of, of everybody's flesh to some extent, right? And so you have to battle that, and I have to say, no, well, right? And so what is, what is it? We all have it. Why do we serve? You see, we can, we can wrap these things up, and we go, well, I serve because it's glorifying to God what else like when people thank me? (laughs) Right? Like, we are a jacked-up bunch of people. And we do this, sometimes we don't even realize it. And that's why a community is so important. That's why uh, the church, the body of Christ is so important of gathering together and looking each other in the eye and going, yeah, what, you know, like, and I don't know, I would ask, do you have a relationship with somebody like that in here? You can go, what's your why here? How you doing What's your motivation? It looks, it looks good. You doing okay? Because we can confuse ourselves very quickly. So let me, let me just throw this out here, counterculture. <laughs> your feelings can be wrong. Your feelings may not be right. You might feel a certain way about something, but that could be the desire of the flesh. But the world says that what you feel is truth to you. And what you feel identifies you. But what what Paul says here, no, that's not the case. Actually, like, you have a lot of mixed up feelings here. And some of them are good and some of them are bad. Some of them are of the spirit and some of them are of the flesh. So let's not just look at outward adornment. Let's not just look at this from a glossy brochure perspective. Let's look at the root. Let's, let's really try to figure out what's my why. And what Paul even says in verse 18, he goes, and don't think that you can do, just like fill out a checklist. Because a lot of people would say, well, I've got a solution for this. Just follow the law. Just be obedient to the law. Just do the churchy, religious things that you should do. And it'll all work out. And he goes, no, 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 that's that's the problem. It won't work. Like The the heart problem's still there. Self-righteousness is for nothing. Look what he says in verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So he he cycles back through, and he's like, don't think that the law is going to solve this for you. Don't think coming to church on Sunday is the right answer. It's a heart problem. And the only thing that's going to solve that is Jesus Christ. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us that actually changes our hearts. So I have, um, we, have, we have four orange trees. Uh, well, we have more than that, but we have four types of orange trees. And I don't know, one of them is obvious which one it is, but in general, actually that's not true. Before there's fruit on it, I have no idea which one is which. Not a clue. Now, I don't know. Maybe if you were like some horticulturist, you'd be like, well, the leaf shape and and the trunk, and it's obviously a navel orange. It's a surprise every year for me, (laughs) you know? I mean, I remember because of where they're located, but like it produces a fruit. Based on the fruit, the size, the taste, shape, I go, oh, that's this type of tree. And so what Paul's gonna do is goes, how do you figure out what's motivating your desires? How do you how do you actually do this? He says, look at the fruit. Look at what's being produced in your life. And that'll tell you what how that was created. What was the root structure? What was the, the tree or the vine that produced it? And so that's what he's gonna go through in verses 19 through 23. He's going to go, hey, let's, let's just look at some of this fruit. Let's look at these different types and kind of just drill down and go, what produces these things? And if you see these things in your life, then you go, ah, oh, that's this. Now, let me, before we get into this, this is not meant for us to look at this and go, I'm a horrible human being. It's not. It's meant to identify that there are, in fact, desires of our flesh that live inside of us. And we need Christ. That's it. That's the point. And and what we're going to see is that the desires of the Spirit that, that the Holy Spirit gives us grows in us increasingly and increasingly in our lives. And that's called sanctification, right? That's us being conformed to the image of Christ. That's us becoming more like our Savior. And that's, and that's God's intention, is to mold us and to shape us and that the desires of the Spirit would produce the fruit of the Spirit in increasing volume more and more. There are some plants that just don't grow well in Florida, and it saddens me. If I could get a Haas avocado to grow in my yard, I would be thrilled. If you don't know what a Haas avocado is, I'm sorry, you have missed out in life. Um... But there's too many diseases here. It, it will never thrive. Like, you could do it. Does anybody have one? And if you do, I'd love to know. Okay. I just want to make sure my info, info was right here. I've never even tried it. Because I read and they're like, pests, pests. You're right. Like, it's just not. Like, it's never going to thrive. There's no amount of fertilizer and water or whatever you can put on this thing that's going to make it thrive. You're going to be limping this thing along. You're going to get like, An avocado, maybe. What he's saying here is this fruit, what are you fertilizing? What are you feeding? Are you feeding this fruit that leads to death, the fruit of the flesh, or are you feeding and fertilizing and watering the fruit? of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want you guys to think about as we're walking through this. The question is not a matter of, does it exist in my life? The question is, where are you putting your water? What are you feeding? What are you giving attention to? What are you nurturing? So we're going to start off in verse 19, and I'm, I'm going to read through these. And some of your, there's there's a lot of different Bible translations on, on some of these words, and so I'll, I'll try to give some counter words or some synonyms that would help kind of um, put this in context for us. It says in verse 19, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Sensuality. That's just feeling, right? right? Like, that's just feeling good... Feeling good... Feelings, I don't know how to say that. Idolatry. Putting something as more important than God. And that could be anything. That could be our kids. That could be a spouse. It could be our work. It could be a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Sorcery. Enmity. That's like Hatred. Who do you hate? Strife. Jealousy. Facebook, Instagram, anybody? Fits of anger. Anybody been mad at an inanimate object in here? (laughs) You may get angry, just feel angry for some reason, and you're like, I don't know why, I'm just in a foul mood. Rivalries, putting other people down to put yourself up. Dissensions, not being inclusive, right? Creating a a circle and not wanting people in your circle. This next word, divisions, is actually the same word as heresies. Envy, watch your, watch some, go back to Facebook, I guess, go back to social media, go go look at your neighbor, what what pulls up in your neighbor's driveway, "Hmm, wish I had that. Drunkenness, we'll just leave that one right there. Orgies, the description of this is like debaucherous wild parties. Let me just back up real quick on the drunkenness piece. Why? Why? I mean, you're in your own house. You don't have to be driving. You don't have to be in pulp, right? Like, why? why is that a bad thing? Remember, what is Paul talking about here? He's contrasting the desires of the flesh with the desires of the spirit. Well, what happens when you're drunk? The desires of the spirit fade into oblivion. And all these other desires of the flesh come about, right? Things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So the question for us is, do we see these in our lives? I think the answer is yes. Right? Are we confessing them to God? Are we saying, God, I see this fruit. It's bad fruit. It's bad fruit, and I actually don't want it. That's what we're called to do. Confess it. Remember, because the desire, the desire to gratify the flesh is always is part of our sinful nature. It's, it's going to be there. The question is, is what, what gets produced? What is the fruit, right? And now we can go back and we can look at it and we go, oh, that's from this desire. That's from my desire for reputation, or that's my desire for uh, pleasure, or that's my desire for acknowledgement, or that's my desire for identity, or that's my desire for whatever, right? All these gross things that we're trying to indulge our own flesh in, That's the fruit. And so we go, God, open my eyes. Help me to see this. Help me to see where I'm producing fruit. But then in contrast, he says, okay, so that's the desires of the flesh. There's also desires of the spirit. And there's also fruit of the spirit that gets produced from those. And what does he say? Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now, I read off that list quickly. Because I don't think any of us have a hard time <laughs> agreeing that those are good things. Right? We would all say, I want to be characterized like that. Anybody in here is like, I don't like that character trait? No? Okay, good. We like those character traits. Those character traits are good character traits, and we know that to be true, and we want, we want, the desire of our heart is to have those characteristics. But here's the danger as we go, I want that fruit. It's it's almost as if we go to the ground and we go, this is a good fruit. We pick it up and we shove it onto a tree. (laughs) We're like, I want this fruit. That's not how it works. That's not how you produce. It's never going to produce fruit. You have to grow the fruit, right? Like it has to grow in you. It comes from the desires of the Spirit and so the question for us is: What are we, what are we feeding? What are we nourishing? What are we spending time? How, how do we do this? How do we? And I, I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. How do we go? Well, that patience—that's the thing. That I, like I'm good, yeah. I'll give myself a, a B in goodness. Uh, maybe maybe a, maybe a C in faithfulness, but I'm an F in patience, right? Isn't that how we see it? But that's not how this works. The Holy Spirit is putting. I said this in the beginning. The Holy Spirit is putting the desires in you that will inevitably produce this fruit, that will increasingly produce that fruit. I don't even want to say inevitably because it's not like you got to wait for it. It's going to start being produced now, today. And that fruit is going to continue throughout your life as God does what? Conforms, molds you into the image of a son. So how do we do it? How, how do we be more patient? We behold God. Talked about this a little bit last week, right? Go back to 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We behold God. That's the fertilizer. That's the water. That's the pruning. We look at our Father in heaven. We look at the Son. We we read Scripture and we see him. We see how he acts. We see his characteristics. We grow to look at him and to dwell on him. And the more we're looking at him, guess what we're going to become? More like him. What's going to happen? Fruit is going to be produced in our lives. What fruit? Fruit of the flesh or the fruit of the spirit? It's going to be the fruit of the spirit. So, so don't think of this as like, ah, I've got to just really work on being kind. i got to really start working. If I want to be a good Christian, i got to make sure I have the fruit of the Spirit, so i got to start working. No, you need to dwell on your Father in heaven that created you and in his Son that saved you and in the Holy Spirit that works in you. You need to reflect on that. We need to be encouraging each other and edifying each other and pointing to God's works in our lives and in the lives of others and go, that's God. That's God working right there. That's God's sovereignty that made that happen. That's God that's convicting you of that. It's okay. You see, there's there's now no shame in having a desire of the flesh. There shouldn't be. There should be no shame in having sinful desires. You guys get that, right? Like, this is what he's saying, his solution is not like, well, if you're a good Christian, you're not gonna have those desires anymore. No, you're not gonna gratify those desires anymore. You're gonna identify them because you're gonna see the fruit and you're gonna be like, I don't like that. Root it up, kill it. I don't want it in my life. I want the fruit of the spirit. So what do you do? You pour into scripture. We're gonna, we're gonna spend seven weeks. Um, next week, Spencer is gonna talk about, uh, he's gonna close out Galatians. And then the week after that, BJ is gonna kick us off in a spiritual discipline series. Seven weeks. And here's what I don't want us to do. I don't want us to go, these are spiritual disciplines. That sounds horrible. (laughs) What's the point of them? You're not earning heaven bucks for every discipline you do. That's not how it works. It's that we're training ourselves to behold God. God. And whether that's gathering together, whether that's worshiping, prayer, fasting, reading scripture, serving, giving, all of these things are ways that we are beholding God. We are, we're trying to look at God and go, I want to be like you. I want to produce that fruit in my life. And the more we're looking at him, the more that's going to be produced in our lives. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on. We're going to go, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's see what this freedom produces in us if we just fertilize and water and prune the tree that's producing the good fruit. And so that's what he calls us to. And then look at what he says in Galatians verse 24. Paul closes this chapter and he says, and those who belong to Christ Jesus has crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I'm just going to stop there for a second. Have any of you been crucified? So what's he talking about here? He's talking about Jesus. Jesus' crucifixion. He crucified your passions and your desires. He put them to death. He put their power in your life to death. Sin remains, but it doesn't reign in our lives anymore. And he says in verse 25, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. See, at the end of this, Paul goes, okay, now be careful here. As you behold God, and he produces fruit in your life, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self control. I think I missed one. As he produces these in your life, guess what we're going to do? We're going to take it and we're going to become conceited. That's how jacked up we are, right? We've gone full circle. We watch God work in our lives and all of a sudden we're like, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. Christ crucified our passions and our desires. He sent his Holy Spirit to dwell in us, to create in us the desires that produce the fruit. What did you do? (laughs) We did nothing except trust in him. Except go, I don't know how I'm going to change my heart, but I trust that God can do it. And I trust that he loves us and that his plan is to save us. You see, there is no room for us to be conceited because here's the problem. What happens when we become conceited? What happens when we're like, well, I'm pretty much straight A's across the fruit of the spirit, you know, scorecard. What do we do? We provoke each other, right? Why aren't you more like that? Why why aren't you more like me? Why aren't you more like him or her? Why, Why aren't you there? um paul david Tripp has this great term that i mean he he calls it this idea that you've arrived and he's like the second you think that you've arrived you got a long way to go and that's what he's saying right because when we when we when we put this out there and we go hey hey the the process of sanctification is as God is molding and shaping us and making us into the image of His Son, like it's a messy process. It's a long process. And our responsibility is not to say, I can't believe you. No, I, I can believe it. I can because I was there, or I am there. And I know how deep sinful nature is, and I know how how many are the sins in my life. And so there's no room for provoking each other. And then then the other side of that is, right, if people are looking at you going, man, he must not sin. She must not sin. What do we create in others? Envy. (laughs) You see how, how quickly we can just spin this thing into this horrible direction, and that's why we try to make a purpose of going, being confessional and going, I, I struggle with sin just as much as you all struggle with sin. Just because I'm standing up here preaching doesn't mean anything, right? We all have sinful desires. And the, as soon as we realize that, that the best of our intentions, and we're going to try to do the right thing toward each other at times, but sometimes... The execution of that is not good. And we respond to people poorly. We act poorly. We respond and and treat each other in ways that are very judgmental. And we forget that we're children of the same Father. That we're all heirs. And that it's God that's putting... It's God that's putting these desires in our hearts. The desires of the Spirit. It's God that's doing that. Let me pray.